The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 40, and can be found on page 1634 of your Pew Bible. <clears throat> Luke records, Some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her, and in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him we are all alive. And some of the teachers of the law responded, well said, teacher, and no one no one dared ask him any more questions. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Mad libs, crossword puzzles, word guess is the new thing that I like to get involved with on my iPad. When I was a child, I enjoyed brain teasers, and to some extent, I still do. And one of the classic brain teasers is a riddle in the form of a poem. It goes like this. As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife had seven sacks, and each sack had seven cats. Each cat had seven kits. Kits, cats, 
sacks, and wives. How many were going to St. Ives? Now those of you that have heard this before, you know the answer. It's simple once you know the trick. You see, the poem starts out with the phrase as I was going to St. Ives. And only one person in the poem was going to St. Ives since the teller of the poem met the kids, the cats, and the sacks, and the wives. They were headed away from St. Ives. And all those characters were merely distractions to get you confused about the real nature of the problem. There are thousands of little brain teasers like that. Most brain teasers use the, some sort of a verbal trickery to distract us from finding the easy way to the real answer. And when I tell you about the wives and the sacks and the cats and the kits, that we're leaving St. Ives, you have a natural tendency to think these things are important. They're an important part of the problem at hand. And the wording deceives you into thinking that it is the wives, the sacks, and so forth that are going to St. Ives. You know, brain teasers get you all interested in something that has absolutely nothing to do with the solution so that you go about solving the wrong problem or trying to find an answer to a question that wasn't asked. And magic, magic works the same way. Misdirection, diversion. Distract the audience away from the deception and so that they actually participate in the trick. It's all part of the fun of watching the show, and really no harm is done because we know the performer is trying to fool us. And we actually enjoy the performer's skill at pulling off the deception. It's all fun and games when it's just entertainment and part of the show. But that all changes when these same tricks are used against us in real life. And that is exactly what the temple rulers were doing with Jesus in the verses that come before today's gospel. You see, Jesus is in the temple, and a parade of temple rulers came before him. And they were asking questions and hoping to verbally, verbally humiliate Jesus, and to take him down a notch or two. Uh, they, were, they were trying to make him look bad in front of all of the people. And today's gospel tells us about the attempt that the Sadducees made when it was their turn. They suggested a hypothetical situation. And instead of a man with seven wives, they suggested a woman with seven husbands who happen to be brothers, and each of these brothers takes his turn as this woman's husband and then dies and, and leaves the woman childless. And this is an extreme example of the Leverite 
marriage. Leverite marriage was a civil law in ancient Israel and much of the rest of the Middle East. And basically, it goes like this. If a man married or a married man died and had no children, the nearest male relative would marry his widow. For those of us that did the Ruth and are now in Esther Bible study, uh, we learned of that with Ruth and Naomi. And uh, it's called the, the kinsman redeemer. So anyway, the near relative would care for the widow, and their first son would become the legal child of that firstborn of the husband that died. And this child would inherit the dead husband's property, his money, his livestock, and so forth. And the Sadducees proposed a situation where this happened seven times, but no one produced any children. And their scenario is pretty improbable, but it is not mathematically, well, it, it's mathematically possible. And then the Sadducees, they wanted Jesus to tell them who this woman's husband would be in heaven. And there is a trick to the Sadducees' question. The trick is so devious that I doubt that the Sadducees even knew that it was there. Do you know why they're called Sadducees? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection, so they were sad, you see. Okay. Bad theology, but it helps you to remember what they were all about. So they didn't even know that they had put a trick in this to Jesus. And the Sadducees had made an assumption about the nature of heaven. They assumed that people would be married in heaven in the same way that they were married on earth. And their assumption, their assumption was wrong. The Sadducees came up with this ridiculous scenario because they didn't believe in the resurrection. What they really wanted to do was to demonstrate how ridiculous the idea of life after death, the resurrection, and heaven and hell all were. They wanted to back Jesus into a corner so that he had to admit the whole idea of life after death is ridiculous. And they thought that they had Jesus right where they wanted him. And of course, Jesus picked up on the false assumption immediately. The Sadducees' scenario was not ridiculous because the afterlife is ridiculous, no, but because they had made the ridiculous assumption that life in the next world is the same as it is in this world. They assumed that people still will be married in the next life. And then Jesus told them this was not the case. And he said, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Now, today's culture also has its false assumptions, just as the Sadducees did. Today's culture often uses false assumptions in its opposition to Christianity. 
In today's world, we often hear questions like this. What gives you the right to tell us what is right and wrong? Or, how can you say your religion is any better than others? Now, there is a false assumption in these questions and in questions like them. The assumption is so deceptive that most people don't even realize it's there. And that is this, the unspoken assumption behind these questions is that religion is a product that we manufacture. It is as if it is something that we make up. And the popular notion is that all people have a source of spiritual power within themselves, and people must develop that power in their own special way. And this gives rise to the popular notion that people should believe in whatever works best for them. It also gives rise to the idea that we should allow anyone to believe anything. And it gives rise to a world like the world in the book of Judges, just before Ruth, when it says everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And we Christians, we Christians have confidence in our faith because it does not, our faith does not come from inside us. Our faith, our righteousness, our salvation is not something that we do. It is something that God does for us. God the Father loves us so much that he sent his only begotten Son into the world. God the Son loves us so much that he took our place under the law and he kept it perfectly and then he endured its penalty on our behalf. And God the Holy Spirit loves us so much that he works faith in us through word. He works faith in us through sacrament. And our salvation comes from God not from ourselves. So when the world asks us its questions, we can say, you know, you're right. We do not have the right to tell you what is right and what is wrong. But God does. We do not have the right to tell you what to believe. But God does. Furthermore, we have not worked out a plan for your salvation, but God has. And the Sadducees in today's gospel tried to make the resurrection of the dead seem ridiculous, and they failed. Jesus not only showed them a flaw in their argument, but he made a point of his own. He said, 
God is not God of the dead, but of the living. For all live in him. Jesus not only made the point, but he demonstrated it. You see, on the Friday after he had this debate with the Sadducees, he carried our sins to the cross. And there, he paid the penalty for all of them with his life. And then the following Sunday, he himself rose from the dead, and he paved the way for all who believe in him. He paved the way for them to join him in the everlasting paradise of heaven. The world can make all the false assumptions it wants to. But no other faith, no other faith has a God who serves his own to the point of offering his life on the cross in their place. No other faith has a God who says, I have saved you. You do not have to save yourself. In the name of Jesus. Amen.